Welcome to The One That Works For You, the podcast that celebrates the little things you can do as a business owner to find that oh-so-lucid trifecta, fulfillment, balance, and success. I'm Liv Stigrad, a brand strategist and copywriter and owner of The Branding Psychologist. My co-host, Martha Bernard-Ray, is an SEO copywriter, TEDx speaker, and founder of WorkCandy. On this podcast, we talk to business owners in the messy middle as they work out what the balance looks like for them and how they get it done on the daily. Our biggest lesson? From money to mindset, building a lifestyle you love to chasing what makes you joyful, the very best system is the one that works for you. Welcome back to The One That Works For You. We are here today with Emma Maxwell. She's a lawyer who runs her own firm, which has an excellent name, Anchored Family Law. They're Australia's first and only online subscription-based family law service. You can find Emma and her law firm at anchoredfamilylaw.com.au. Hi, Emma. Hi, Martha. How are you? Very well. Emma was just very patient while we farted around with speakers and headphones and all the things. And then I was like, Liv, she's a lawyer. And so we just got her shit together. (laughs) Welcome to the one that works for you. You are calling us from Ballarat this morning. How is it in Ballarat? It is very cold as it most often is here. Oh, okay. Well, um, let's talk about something warm. Let's talk about something warm. So can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, the services that you provide at Anchored Family Law? So we're very new. We've only been around since the start of last year. Um, We do the usual divorce and property settlements and parenting matters. Um, We're completely online. So I work from a little pod in my backyard on my farm. Um, And we are Australia's only uh, subscription model. So it's a fixed fee service because I hate the idea of people paying ridiculous amounts for family law, which they often do. I love that. Before you start, can you please send us a picture of your pod first before I yeah, forget? Because yeah. we would just like to, like, from the outside, whatever, just what is it? Is it a bubble? Is it a, is it a square? What so, is it? So it's a little, it's like a little pointed roof cottage, I suppose, that my husband built for me. And it's, he's an engineer, so he built it on skid so it can be moved around our property, but we don't do that. Um, Stop. It's, it's really cute. Wow. I like it. I've been teased about working from a cubby house, but. That's all we have time for. The tweak of the week is work in a movable pod on your farm. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Yep. Um, please send us a photo. Emma, how does it feel? How does it feel to be living my fucking dream? Oh, my God. I want a cubby house no. on wheels. It does smell though. And you guys seem like warm weather people. Yeah. Um, well, it's actually cold in Denmark, Western Australia, and furthermore, I'm Canadian. Um, is there a heater in it? There is, and an air conditioner. It's fine. A kettle? Is there a kettle? No, there isn't, but my husband brings me coffee. Okay, we need to get back on track. <laughs> Go ahead, Liz. Yeah, your husband <laughs> sounds like an angel, though. But I wanted to know what kind of stuff, um, what kind of family law stuff can be subscribed to? Like, do people need family law things ongoing? Can you explain that and then also tell us how you got to that business model? Because it sounds pretty innovative. It sounds like a new system that works for you. So how did you get there? Uh, so so it kind of family law can be resolved in really two ways. One, by consent, where people come to an agreement and two, they go through court and the court decides for them. Um, but that process, if they're going, if they've reached an agreement, normally takes about six months and court takes at least 12 months. 
So on this monthly subscription plan with me um, for either that amount of time, um, and they pay a set amount every month and that covers all of my contact with them. So they can Zoom me or email me or call me as much as they want. They're not worried about watching a clock and knowing that I'm charging every six minutes like other lawyers do. Um, mm. And it also covers my negotiations in writing with the other side. So then when we get to, come to an agreement, they choose from a, a menu on our website for those documents, those agreement documents, or for our court documents. Um, so they should know from the very beginning how much this is likely to cost them. Wow. Right. And so yeah. how did you um, figure Come out how to idea? make that business model? Yeah. How did, again, how did you make it work for you? Is that, yeah. Is there a lot of trial and error? Like There was. So I kind of took the advantage of I'm on my own at the moment. My overheads were really low in the beginning because I didn't have any team members and I could kind of mess around and work out what worked by looking at the data and kind of working out how long people would be in proceedings for. And also I just really didn't want to overcharge them. I hated the feeling when I was in private practice of saying, well, this is going to be about $60,000, go away and find that money. Um, that felt really shitty. Yeah. Ouch. That is so much money. It is so much money. And most people like can afford them. Yeah. 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 And I guess that would obviously be like, a, that'd be a real barrier. I mean, particularly to people in domestic violence situations or coercive control situations where they, you know, definitely wouldn't have access to that kind of cash. That is yeah. a public service that you are doing. And thank you on behalf of Australia, Emma Maxwell. <laughs> um, so your day, right? Like you get up, you what do you like roller skate to your pod or do you go underground how do you what's the transportation situation like tumble out across all of our long grass because um <laughs> our place is a mess at the moment um so yeah. my husband at the moment is a stay-at-home dad to our three-year-old um yeah. so I get up I spend some time with them uh then I have our team meeting and then if it's a Wednesday I just do business work and if it's the rest of the week I do client work um, and I finish oh. around maybe seven o'clock at night. Okay. Yeah. So what time do you start in the morning? Uh, between about nine or 10. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, and are you working that whole time in the middle, nine till seven? Or are you like, we stop for dinner, uh, we stop for lunch, we, or are you just Stop for lunch. It? We'll go get a coffee. I will go pick up my son from kinder, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Have you gone from like working at a firm or, you know, what was the transition like to the model that you were using before to this one? So I was in practice for about 15 years in private firms. Um, the first mm -hmm. half of my career, I wasn't in family law. I was in class actions. So I did all the bushfires, class actions and things like that. Um, and then we moved up here and I couldn't commute anymore. That was ridiculous. Um, so I yeah. started working in family law. Um, but I had my son just as COVID was hitting. So I went on maternity leave and then I came oh. back and everything was online. And I realized how much um, I love that. Um, I'm neurodiverse. So having that kind of distance from people every day is really helpful to me. And then I can um, interact with them via a camera. Super helpful. Yeah. What flavor of neurodiverse? I'm autistic. Well, we think we are too. I am, I am yeah. ADHD. <laughs> Have you heard the new theory that it's just all one thing and just how it presents differently? Oh, oh no. Oh, no, I, have I haven't. Interesting. Yeah. I love how, I love your description of like 
you know, so I really need that like separateness from people because I feel like a lot of people who work alone are just like, it's really hard to be so separate from people. And you're like, Mm-mm. <laughs> your girl is thriving. I work with people who are in a really tough period of their lives, sometimes the worst period of their lives. And that, yeah. I mean, I have mm. to give them a lot of myself. Um, and if yeah. I was also in an office with a heap of people or seeing those people face to face, I wouldn't have so much of myself to give. Um, so this really works yeah. for me. Yeah. So it sounds like you've created this this work setup and situation that really, really, really suits you, like who you are, your neurodiversity, your personality, um, and your values. And for listeners who might want to end up in a similar pod state of flourishing, um, was it intentional? that you built your life and your work like this or was it trial and error like you know walk us through the journey like what series of decisions got you to what sound like a really awesome place so it was super intentional I spent a lot of time thinking about exactly what wasn't working for me particularly um because with the stress of becoming a mother all of a sudden there was Mm. I suppose most I had less spoons to deal with with clients in a in a traditional way um and I spent like I spent a month working out my values and how to apply those to a business and coming out with the business values and then what that would look like in terms of how the business ran. Everything was super, super intentional. Um, and I was really lucky mm. that COVID kind of gave me that that really clear space that I could sit down and work out what I wanted things to look like. Yeah. I love that. What did that actually look like? Did you just sit down and think <laughs> or was it kind of this long drawn out process? Because what you said is a lot of what I do with my clients, and I know that it is not that easy. People often are not able to verbalize clearly, these are my values, and these are the values that I want to inject into my business, and this is how I'm going to shape my business around that. So for people who are you know, trying to do that, what advice would you give? Uh, so I had the benefit of having quite a young child at that stage. So there was a lot of time just sitting in the dark, waiting for him to fall asleep and thinking where I couldn't be on my phone. Um, so I spent a lot of time just mm. thinking. And also, so my previous firm, they wanted me back in the office, which was fair enough. And that felt really shitty. Um, and from there, I started kind mm. of unpacking what it was that was making me feel bad about it. Um, I also didn't feel safe anymore. Um I'd been assaulted by a few clients and had threats made, which is really oh common God. in family law. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking about how am I going to keep my family safe and also keep myself safe, which is the first time I thought about that. Mm. Mm. That's really confronting. That's really confronting. Like on so many levels, you have a small baby, like at what point was the law firm like, come on, Emma, back to work. Like how <laughs> old was the baby? Uh, he was maybe about six or seven months old. So I came back with, I came back to work yeah. when he was three months old, which was too oh. quickly. Um, yeah. But at least I was working from home. And I also got to see that people yeah. responded really well to me being online. You know, they were in a, yeah. a place where they felt safe. They weren't going to a lawyer's mm. office, which I understand is quite stressful for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And also I was, I wasn't in a suit anymore. I was in like well, not my pajamas, but my pajamas. People, I think about safe with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I know like I do therapy online and I really prefer it to face to face. It just feels 
Yeah, like a little bit less vulnerable. And I would imagine that your clients would kind of have felt the same way. Um, so yeah. when you were having these values think sessions, what did you come up with? What were the values that you kind of were like, okay, these ones are non-negotiable and now I can build my business around them? I have them behind me because I, I make every decision. Like anytime I have a, a hard question in my business, I think about these. I have to run mm. them through these values. Um, so the first one was authenticity. So I really felt like I was kind of behind this professional person when I was working in a firm and yep. I didn't want to be that. I wanted my clients to know, for example, that I had kids or that I was neurodiverse or that I actually preferred to be separate from them. Like I, I, all of the decisions I make yeah. um, around that authentic decision. Yeah. Um, and the other one was, the other ones are not kind of a little bit wanky, but authenticity was the big one. Great. Let's hear, but mm. let's hear the wanky ones, please. One is the other next one's clarity. Um, okay. So not wanky I, at all. Um, <laughs> so I am not so great with the words when they come out of my mouth. I'm very good when um, they're written. And that's what I wanted to kind of focus on that I can give really clear written stuff when I'm not trying to worry about, when I'm not worried about being in court or, you know, speaking to people directly um, mm -hmm. and really being clear with my clients about the reality they find themselves in. I didn't want to sugarcoat things with them. I wanted to be kind of kind and not nice. Um, and yeah. that was part of it as well. I like that. Kind and not nice. Yeah. I was reading something recently. I can't remember what, but this person was saying that it's easy to be nice. Everyone is nice. Nice doesn't mean anything. Nice is often just a way to avoid conflict even um but kindness is a true you know part of someone's character mm. or not and being kind sometimes requires you to not be nice yeah yeah well and i mean and nice is like a patriarchal construct right like we're nice yeah when you know you don't offend you know those people and so yeah. <laughs> authenticity, clarity, what else have we got, Emma? Uh, clever solutions. So that's kind of really around being like, I love tech. I have as much tech as I can possibly have. And that's how this business runs. And then the fourth one is steadfast because that's related around that anchor idea. I love that. Steadfast is a great word. And Liv, do you come across that word in like your values stuff very rarely. often is such a good one yeah really I don't think any of these are wanky and also no. I am I am frothing <laughs> you that you've got these four like really clear and defined values there's no overlap like I can see how much thought you have put into this and from what we've heard about your business so far today it is so clear how you have structured your business around these values and I just like gold star for you this makes me so happy I love hearing this mm. because that's the goal right when people start their own businesses it's because we want to live according to our values and you know the thing that you hear about a lot is you know I don't want to work with someone else the freedom the flexibility the blah 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 but I think that desire for freedom and flexibility is quite a surface level reason and I think the deeper reason really is to be able to live according to our values intentionally and with 
focus and with clarity and yes. With clever solutions and steadfastness. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So can I go back to the clarity question? Um, You mentioned that you have a real clarity in writing. And we kind of touched on this a little bit before we started recording, but like the writing in the legal world is just like a steaming heap of garbage as far as I'm concerned. So how do you go about making, you know, the documentation that you have to do as part of your work, like correct from a legal standpoint and then also clear so that it's accessible to your clients? Like, how do you do that? Because whatever it is, you need to teach it to all the lawyers or don't like keep it for yourself and make all the money. But it's a real I think it's a real problem. Well, to be honest, I think there's lawyers that do it because it protects us. I mean, it means that our clients don't really know what's going on. It means that we we basically can be rude to the other party without saying rude. There's a reason that other lawyers use that language. But I love drafting. It's the thing that puts me into a flow state. I love doing people's affidavits. I love telling their stories. Um, And I can't tell someone's story if I'm being a lawyer. I have to put myself in their shoes and write from their perspective. Because the last thing I want is them in a witness box saying, I don't know what that means. My lawyer told me to sign this document. Yeah. And so I don't know how this any of this law stuff works. Is it like there are templates and then people are kind of using a template and sticking the words in, but you're going, no, I'm writing this person's like very important story and I'm going to start from nothing and just make it about their story? So there's kind of this scaffolding in this in affidavit, which is what I'm talking about, kind of the story part of their court documents. There's a scaffolding of, of how these things are usually laid out. And I really actually enjoy that part because I do that with everyone. That's how it starts. And by the time I get into the, the bits, which is individually theirs, I'm in that flow state and I have that story that's coming out. Um, so, yeah, there's a system that I kind of then use. Yeah, that structure makes it really easy for me to work within. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you keep it in that structure, but then there's a bit mm-hmm. of flexibility like within each section to actually use words that mean something rather than just protective language, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have that ASD brain. I have that super clear, organized brain. So it's really lovely to be in there and drafting. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear about your flow state. Um, are there other areas in your business or life where you access that flow state and you seem like a very intentional person? So is it something that you intentionally build into your business? Like, how did you figure out how to access your flow state? Tell us. Uh, so I suppose there was a period kind of midway through my career when I was in private practice where I, like, I hate court work. I hate being on my feet. Of course I do. I have a disorder, which is communication-based, so that's going to be overly stressful for me. But what I'm really good at is drafting documents, so I was starting to kind of change my practice around so that I was doing the, the drafting work and I had other people doing the court speaking, talking work. Um, so the more time I spent drafting, the more time I was in that flow state, but I really don't really achieve it anywhere else. Like I'm super hyper-organized mm. because that makes me feel happy, but it's still not as enjoyable as drafting to me. So can I ask, like, are you like, I'm going to get into flow state and then are you ever like, I'm in flow state? Like, are you aware of it at the time or do you like get out of it and then you're like, 
Yes, I did it. Yeah, it would be five hours later, it's done. And I was like, oh, I, you know, when you drive somewhere and you're on autopilot, it feels similar to that to me. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. And it's so amazing to me that because I would rather die than draft an affidavit. And so <laughs> it's just like, look, we're all different. We're all I mean, interested in different stuff. Martha, you might, you might actually die if you tried to draft an affidavit. I'm not sure you would survive <laughs> that process. <laughs> um, Emma, where are you going next with your business? Like, do you have any thoughts or plans to like further develop your business into something that like fits in your life even more or that suits your personality even more? I'm, I'm a member of this, this Facebook group called Lawyer Mums. There's like 6,000 lawyer mums in this group and I see posts all the time about women that don't want to go back into the office. I suspect half of the cohort are probably on the spectrum and they just don't realize it. Um, there's uh, Traditional law isn't really a space for people that want to practice like me and I can see from posts in this group that so many people don't want to practice like that anymore. So I suppose my, my overall goal is to be able to offer what I have to other people. Um, I would really like multiple employees working like I am so they can work wherever they want, whenever they want. Um, in teams where they don't, where they just have another assistant, they don't have to, I suppose, show up in a boardroom and compete with all the other lawyers like we all have to do in usual practice. So more clearly, I, I really want five other lawyer mums around Australia working how they want around their families. You heard it here first, people. Um, send your applications to emmaslawyermums.com.au. It's not, it's not that. <laughs> don't send it to that. But that is, because well, I was like, what about franchising? I don't know if they do that in legal circles, but it sounds like your idea is better. That's <laughs> so mean. Franchises are not the best. Uh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love this. Okay. And I have an, a question about your, because you said clever solutions. Um, I have a vendetta with Dubsado because I just, I hate it. I hate it. And I, and there's probably like law based things that you use, but like, what is your favorite tech solution that like makes things easier for you? And then also is like nice on the customer side. So the, the kind of the first one that was a big deal for me because no one else seemed to do it at the time was just, uh, I use Zoom and then I use Otter AI and it records everything and I don't have to take file notes. I can actually talk to my client without madly making notes because I'm trying to protect my own ass. Um, mm -hmm. I've just got a re recording of what we spoke about. So I don't need to yeah. think about me. I can think about them. Mm -hmm. That's that Otter, the yeah. One. That's the biggest one. Yeah. And then do you have things like automated or, I mean, I have two questions right now. How many clients would you have at a given time? And then are things automated so like that you get reminders of like this thing is due or like how does that all work? How do you keep that all? Because it's very so that, high stakes, that's, right? Yeah. So that's what kind of within my practice management system. And I'm also, I'm a Notion girl. I love Notion. So I use that kind of to manage everything else. Um, and we have legal software that we use. Um, I have a limit on the number of clients I'll take on. I will only take on 35 at any one time because otherwise I don't think I can give them the attention that they deserve. Um, so that's yeah. it. So one comes out and then I can, yeah. I've got another one free on subscription. 
Right, right. So 35 subscriptions. And then you said that generally the, that sort of subscription relationship lasts for six months. We have six months to a year, um, which can yeah. be crushing yeah. to hear oh. because people think, I'll be out of this in a month, but it, it's not the reality of the situation, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, I th- it would be so lovely if you were in such a difficult situation to have, you know, somebody who is thinking about all of this and approaching it from a place of kindness. So I'm sure your clients really appreciate that about you. Yeah. You. Um. So it is time for our favorite segment, our only actual segment on the show. Um, aside from the main interview, and that is Tweak of the Week. Yes. So it seems like you're really on it with your organization systems and your processes and all of that. So what's one thing that you're testing out this week or one little tweak that you want to make to try and make things even more suited to you? Uh, so... When I, before I had my own business, I was really good at keeping up on client work and I was kind of really smug assholey about it and thought it was really straightforward. And then I added the business stuff in and I was like, oh shit, um, I can't keep on top of both. So kind of the thing I do is, so I'm an inbox zero person um, and every morning I separate my emails into business or clients and I'm only in one inbox at any, time, at any point in time. So I do my client work, or I do my business work. And my brain is in either inbox, but I don't mix between them. So you go in and I get, so let me just explain this to myself. You go in (laughs) and in the, like, if you have something that's like, oh, this person's following up on an invoice or this person is like, uh, maybe hasn't come on board as a subscription yet, is that? business and then they become a client and then you're doing whatever, responding to emails and writing affidavits and that. And then do you have like, you know, X number of hours in the day that you do client stuff? And I know you said you do business stuff on Wednesday, but how do you manage that? Um, On any any day that's not Wednesday, I will work back to inbox zero in my client inbox. And then on those days, if I've got time, I'll start working through my business inbox. But otherwise, I don't until Wednesday. Um, So, like, where do all the subscription things go? Like, when you've subscribed to someone's email and you're like, I sometimes want to read this, but sometimes I don't. Where do those go? That goes into business because that's for my business brain to think about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I think you would be really triggered by my inbox. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Liv, are you an inbox zero person? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I am. Okay. Every morning. But sometimes I sometimes I leave things unread if I want to come back and read them later, but they're not like pressing. Or sometimes if I need to like if I've read the email but I need to reply to it and I don't have the spoons right now, I'll put it as unread so that if, if I have unread emails in my inbox, it's because I need to address them. So yes, I zero in every morning. Do you always want to know what I sometimes do? I'm not sure that I do. I'm not sure I could handle it. <laughs> sometimes, you know, on like your iPhone, when there's the little mail thing and then it says you have 4,627 unread emails. Mine has never reached that number. No, no, it gets gets worse. It gets worse. Sometimes I screenshot just that and zoom in on just that. 
and send the picture to my sister-in-law because it really upsets her because she's an inbox zero person. <laughs> I did that with my brother. I know. He has like 5,000. Listener, Lynn looks like she doesn't want to be my co-host anymore. <laughs> Is that really awful? Look, whatever works for you, right? That's what this podcast's about. <laughs> That's my tweak of the week. <laughs> Emma, how would you respond? How would you respond to that kind of aggression? Would you just be like, you do you, boo? So I counter it with, you might not know this, but there's a picture when you've got an empty inbox that comes up. I send that back. Okay. That's a power move. That is yeah. a power move. All right. Uh, listen, I'm not going to try and be an inbox zero person, but I think that, Emma, that is an excellent tweak for a person who's good at doing the same thing with all of their stuff. That's wonderful. Um, where can the people find you? And if they want to get in touch, if they want to know about these subscriptions and, you know, how do we how do we find you? Best place is probably the website. So ankedfamilylaw.com.au. Um, and we're on Instagram mm -hmm. as Anchored Family Law and Facebook as Anchored Family Law Firm. That pretty much ah. Google and you'll find us. And are you a LinkedIn hey. girly? I am, but I don't like it. I don't use it very much. Okay, fair enough. We're all trying to become better at it. Um, but it's if it's not the thing that works for you, absolutely don't do it. Um, this has been a pleasure. Please send us a picture of your pod. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today, Emma. Thank you for having me. The One That Works For You is hosted by Liv Stigrad and me, Martha Barnard-Ray. If you liked the podcast, drop us a rating, send it to your friends, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you didn't, it might be time to take a good long look at yourself.